Welcome back to Edge Money, folks. I'm your host, Edgeney Towers, and we're talking spending differently and learning about organizations on their own digital journey, leveraging SAB solutions. Guys, can you believe we're on episode two? Time does fly, and for this episode, I'm going to call it proof is in the pudding or maybe drink your own Kool-Aid because it's not only appropriate to talk and share customer stories, but even more important to share our own story. Yes, in case you were wondering, SAP uses SAP. That's right. With well over 100,000 employees and approximately $5 billion in annual spend to run in our own best, it's just as important to make sure that all 100,000 employees procure goods and services from the right suppliers at the right price, leveraging guided buying. Our guest today is actually the CPO of SAP, Nicholas Kerner. Nicholas lives in Germany, so I was excited to, number one, find the right time to talk to him. But two, I realized we got a lot of things in common, and I just say one of them involves beverages made in Germany, but I'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. He has an impressive career with roles across Europe, Great Britain, and also is a top 30 member of the Chartered Institute of Procurement and Supply Chain Procurement Power List, a man with a plan. Nicholas, welcome to the show. Nick, happy new year, and thanks for joining us today on Edge Money. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastically well. Happy New Year to you as well. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah? I'm glad to have you on the show. Nick and I actually had a moment to chat, and I realized we have a lot in common. And one of them is, is actually skiing. I love to ski, and you mentioned that your family loves to ski as well. But another tidbit that most may not know is that your family is in the brewing business. And I, I quite frankly, I like beer. So that's really piqued my interest. But what's interesting is that it prompted you to do something just a little bit different with your career. Talk to us about, about that. Now, that's actually true. Yes, I was growing up in my family business in a small brewery in the, in the south of Germany, close to the Swiss border. And uh, it was probably at that time a bit too lonely for me because the next big city was uh, Zurich, uh, pretty much an hour's drive. And I wanted, always wanted to go out into the big wide world. So I studied business and uh, I was always doing, getting some experience in Asia at that time. So I was uh, oh, applying for 40 different uh, companies, German companies in Asia for their subsidiaries for doing an internship. And guess what, where I ended up at Robert Bosch, uh, which is uh, the, the big car uh, supplier, tier one supplier. And I ended up there in the procurement department. Huh? And that's how I initially end, uh, came into procuring the world of procurement because later on when I finished university, I uh, applied at Lufthansa and then my future boss, uh, boss asked me and said, you have done procurement, don't you want to join me in the procurement department? And that's how I ended up there somehow. Well, you know, kids nowadays, they have tough decisions, right? Going into the brewing business or, or procurement, you know, very, very challenging decisions to make. Um, <laughs> You know, you live quite a few places and worked in a variety of industries as a CPO for a global tech company like SAP. Um, and are you seeing challenges in procurement and supply chain? Are they all the same across industries or do you really see some unique differences? Oh, it's an interesting question. Uh, I think there they are some, of course, some commonalities which we all have in common uh, across industries. Always the typical other that people call that uh, the fight for having the seat on the table uh, of influencing being is procurement represented on the board. Uh, there always the discussion. Most of the time they are a bit undervalued and rather seen as a back office function. I think these challenges probably most of the, the, the industries have together. 
the, the, the fight or the, the, the war for talents to attract the best people for the function. I think that's definitely a commonalities. Most of the time, uh, we are short on budgets, both, both for uh, spend, for systems investments, but also for uh, headcounts. Um, I think there are some commonalities, but uh, what are differences? I think I've done a few industries. Uh, my last job was in definitely a low margin industry where cost and cash was everything. So of course, yeah, you can influence quite a lot, but it was mainly focused on, on cost out and then and cash. Um, I worked in retail where everything was about merchandise assortments, getting the right products in place, but of course, fighting hard for each uh, penny or pence uh, um, on, on the pricing side. And probably now in SAP, uh, it's rather about speed. It's about customer satisfaction. And it's about uh, developing the common, the, the right uh, supplier partnerships for co-innovation, for co-developments, etc., which is definitely an interesting uh, topic. So um, there are some differences across industries, but all in all, it's quite a uh, fantastic function to work for. I, I would absolutely agree. And you talk about low-margin business and retail. Uh, you know, I've had similar experiences with you know even buying power, right? Working for large conglomerates where buying power was uh, much more substantial compared to when I worked for a smaller niche company. So I totally understand the differences. You know, last I checked, I mean, I believe SAP has about $5 billion in annual spend, may have shifted a little bit with COVID. And, you know, we're always talking to customers about managing all types of spend, indirect, direct services. Um, can you talk about, you know, what SAP's spend profile is and maybe give our listeners an indication of, of volumes, any trends you can share about our spending patterns? No, that's uh, no, no. I'm happy to do so. Uh, it's actually a bit, uh, a bit more than uh, 5.5 uh, 5, uh, 5 billion. Uh, in dollars, we're talking about roughly 6.7 billion nowadays with the euro at uh, at 120. Um, I think the biggest, um, and I named the biggest categories. Uh, the biggest one is actually what we call the professional service side, which is all of the billable and non-billable consulting services on application development application uh, applications, infrastructure services, um, that kind of stuff. That is by far the biggest one, then followed by the whole infrastructure, as you're aware of. SAP is running more than, at the moment, 120 different data centers. Um, but of course, we're more and more shifting towards the cloud and having strong partnerships with the, what we call the hyperscaler, the AWS, the Microsoft Azure, the Googles of this world. Uh, that is a big, uh, that is a big spend. Um, then we have a, a huge spend, what we call the workplace infrastructure, which is everything around your workplace from a software, from a hardware, your computers, laptops, etc., to buildings, rents, lease, uh, facilities management, which is all in all sums up more than 1.4 billion as well. Uh, marketing, still a good uh, three-digit sum, of course, uh, in, in COVID times declining a bit, where we had a huge shift from uh, offline events towards more online events uh, last year. Um, travel, uh, pretty much uh, after Q2, uh, coming to a complete stop, um, but initially in, in the good old times, uh, nearly a, a billion spent, which we were spending on travel across the globe. Um, and then uh, we were still using, especially in Germany, having a big car fleet, 
um, which we are we have actually one of the biggest car fleets in Germany. That wow. is a that's a big thing. So quite a huge variety of topics of categories, and uh, quite a few challenges as well on a day to day basis. Huh? Yeah, and you talk about the good old times when we talk about travel expenditures and. I just got my uh, United uh, Club card in the mail, and I don't know when I'm going to be able to use it. So maybe those good old times will will come back. Um, so here in America, you know, we have a few sayings. Uh, some of them, you know, from very nuanced situations, um, but things like you know, drink your own Kool Aid, or practice what you preach, or proof is in the pudding. In essence, you know, SAP is in the business of selling procurement and supply chain software solutions for global companies, you know, some even larger than us. And what better story to tell than, you know, yes, SAP actually uses their own solutions like guided buying, spot buy, concur, et cetera. Can you talk to our listeners about, you know, the landscape here at SAP and how we've actually adopted our own solutions and been pretty successful doing it? No, no, happy to do so. And in SAP, we said sub run sub, uh, as simple as that, of course, yes, uh, we need to lead by example, and so we did that in a consequent manner. Uh, we started our journey to move towards the cloud in, in 2015, when we rolled out uh, Ariba across the globe, uh, one system, one process, no exceptions. Um, which we, uh, was quite a, a successful rollout, um, followed then in 2017 um, for with when we rolled out field class across uh, the globe for all of the temp workforce, um, et cetera. And then of course, our latest acquisition there in 2019, we rolled out Concure for the whole uh, travel, for the booking as well as for the expenses. So nowadays uh, we can say that we cover pretty much, we have a hundred percent compliance so yes, uh, sub runs up that you have to show compliance and uh, which is good and makes my life on the Mavericks buying side relatively easy because so we have quite a quite a huge uh, discipline there. It all comes back into the back end at the S4 HANA at the bank. So I have one single back end system which makes my life easier as well on the whole data quality on the analytics side, uh, which is uh, compared to my former uh, employers uh, fantastically well because you're going to have all the data in one place and uh, from that perspective I'm really enjoying that uh, and really uh, help uh, further developing our tools together with our product side wherever we can have some ideas etc doing some co-developments. I mean single source of truth I mean I think any CPO or category management team would love to hear that and 100% compliance I mean just a fantastic metric that um, I think a lot of companies would love to to get to, you know, and what about your team specifically? You know, they're acting, you know, as global category managers for SAP. Um, are they leveraging any of these capabilities as well in their day-to-day activities? Yeah, they do. I think we are we are organized like that, but we have um, pretty much five global categories, and uh, then uh, below that, uh, various subcategory leads, which is I think a total number of twenty-three, who are doing the category strategy and leveraging and managing all of the key suppliers. And then we have the so-called sourcing excellence champion, which is rather the technical sourcing. They are organized on a regional base in the US, in uh, South America, in Europe, uh, Asia, Pacific, etc. And they're doing more the technical sourcing and executing the strategy. And then, of course, part of it uh, also, we further and further automate that the whole operational stuff is done in our shared service, in our three shared service centers, 
um, which uh, which then is not part of the procurement organization anymore. But I we can focus on the technical and of course more and more on the strategic side of things of building really true strong partnerships. And I think that is uh, that is the direction we are going. Huh? It makes sense. It, you know, it also seems obvious that you know a lot of industries that are suffering financially because of COVID and you know what's happening in the world today. Um, it's probably changed a lot of their spending patterns. You know, as a CPO yourself, have you uh, seen SAP's spending patterns shift and has your team been able to react to that leveraging Ariba? Oh, yes, we did. We did. It was a challenging year as well. Also, having said that, we've seen other industries who were suffering uh, much more on, on COVID. But uh, now we had our challenges. In the beginning, it was all about the, the, the typical operational challenges many other procurement departments were facing, simple things like acquiring thousands of masks uh, for our staff in, in, in the office in Shanghai started. Uh, when was that? In early Jan. Um, who all of a sudden were challenged with these kind of things. Um, keeping the offices up and then doing all the prevention measures, etc. there. Um, then, of course, we have to do our cost out uh, measures as well, challenging demands accordingly, um, but then more and more driving also cost out measures, etc. But uh, if I look at the categories, probably, I mean, despite the windfall was, of course, our travel declined completely. So I said the spend pretty much went down to zero. Um, but in other categories, of course, we had to drive uh, costs further down. Typical example also, which kept us quite busy, was uh, the whole marketing events. SAP is running for their customers a lot of offline events. In Vegas, for example, the biggest fair there, the Sapphire, but also some regional events. And of course, all of a sudden, these events needed to be canceled, to be renegotiated and transferred into digital events. And all of a sudden we need to become uh, the master and world champion of the best solution on the digital platforms, et cetera. So there was quite a lot of agility necessary over the last uh, months. And I think we are now more in a more stable one, but that means on the other side, yes. One of the other topics we have done in the past on the marketing side, we don't do that again anymore like that, but we adopted towards the new normal as uh, simple as that. Yeah, the, the new normal. And I'm sure the new normal has changed, you know, kind of your approach in the industry. For those that don't know, Nick is part of the top 30 most influential procurement power list. And, you know, you've written a lot of blogs, you speak at, you know, industry events and probably now virtual. Um, but when you're engaged with industry professionals, you know, what topics are resonating with the minds of CPOs, procurement teams, et cetera? You know, what are the common, you know, conversations you're seeing folks want to have you know, at these particular events? Yeah, it's quite an interesting question. Of course, first of all, everyone has its own war stories at the end of the day <laughs> about great negotiation, great uh, tenders, uh, great supplier engagement, etc. That's a typical side. But uh, I think more important is the common challenges uh, about the war for talents, uh, technology, which uh, the right technology to apply. And of course, I have the right solutions for that one uh, nowadays. Um, but also, and I think that is a common theme about how better to sell the value proposition of procurement, because this is where still procurement departments, CPOs struggling, really selling their own services, their own values uh, they deliver towards the C-suite. And uh, given that I've done run a few procurement transformations throughout my last years, 
uh, I think I have a few things to say, how to influence a CEO, a CFO, how to sell it in simple words. Once in a while, CPOs and procurement people are a bit too much in their own lingo instead of really doing the, the, the sales bit and the, the elevator pitch um, you normally need to do. And uh, these are probably more the, the common topics uh, in these in these kind of forums. Uh. But of course, also, what's the future of procurement overall? I think that is an interesting one, and how the function overall involves. Uh. Absolutely, you know, you talk about the power of influence, and you know, being a trusted advisor and having uh, that relationship with the C level is is something that I've also heard in the industry, um, talking to a lot of executives and professionals about um, building the brand and procurement. So that that totally makes sense. You know, I know that with uh, procurement with purpose, you know, this is a big initiative here at SAP. And, and quite frankly, I'm really excited to learn about SAP's stance to support, you know, spending more with social enterprises and diverse suppliers. Um, talk about, you know, what that means and, and how you're involved to shape our messaging in the market and also how we change our own buying behaviors. Now that's an absolutely great topic uh, you outlined there. And uh, we outlined a new corporate initiative called 5 plus 5 by 25, which pretty much has the target of setting uh, based on the addressable spend that by 2025, we want to address 5% of our global spend uh, towards social enterprises and 5% towards uh, enter businesses with an inclusive uh, background and uh, address that because of, of, of money we spend anyway, but then giving those uh, money spent a dedicated purpose. And uh, this is where we currently are. We are rolling it out. We did last year a pilot in the UK, which relatively easy on the, on the addressable categories. I mean, you won't get a data center provider run by a social enterprise, that's not happened, but in, in the right categories, we managed to push up the volume uh, within a few uh, months up to two and a half percent. So we were running the pilot in the UK, we're now in the face of rolling it out on a global base. So A, you have to define the proper reporting, how do you get the data right? Uh, yeah. But even more important, where do you find the right social and inclusive uh, suppliers out there in the market? There are some markets which are more mature, like the US, like Australia, uh, but some markets like our home market here in Germany, which is less immature, where we're really helping to, uh, to found some associations to gather all of the social uh, companies, etc., and really bring, uh, bring more of these companies towards our supplier list. Huh? And then, of course, we're currently setting up some sort of an onboarding ambassador program that part of my team is really bringing these kind of companies into the SAP world, giving them a fair chance to bid on the RFP and to really making their stand in, in, across the, uh, the RFPs. And uh, that is a, a work in progress, uh, but I'm quite confident you will hear uh, quite a few more success stories out of that one over the upcoming months. And um, the next phase is also to encourage our corporate partners, both on supplier side as well as customers, to probably doing a similar mindset change within their procurement departments and really running their own procurement with purpose programs. So I'm spending a few a bit of time on that one to really uh, uh, embrace uh, the program overall. Huh? 
you know, it's it's uh, obviously a great a great goal and uh, great leadership from SAP for you know taking on the stance. We've had a lot of discussion in the U.S. as you can imagine about um, you know social inclusion and supporting minority and diverse businesses. So I'm really proud and excited to hear that SAP has taken this seriously and really you know leading uh, being a market leader in, in this space. So it's great to see that this is actually uh, taking off in the U.K. and looking forward to hearing more about how SAP is going to help with that globally. Um, you know, we also have tons of innovation happening as well, in particular with our acquisition of Qualtrics last year. You know, we're really starting to see how to enable those capabilities to our customers. Um, but what are we actually doing with Qualtrics and how is it going to help our customers in the future? Oh, it's a fantastic topic because this is one of my meetings over the next uh, two days as well. Uh, we actually embedded Qualtrics last year in our uh, in our Ariba guided buying, um, where we did some first simple surveys about the customer experience and our catalog management, etc., just to gather internal customer feedback, which worked fantastically well. And uh, we're gonna get the right insights out of that one, and out of it, we can improve our proposition, value proposition towards our customers. And uh, for this year, we're starting to embed uh, Qualtrics for suppliers, um, which we're doing in, in, in what I want to do in two ways, both on Ariba as well as on Field Class. Uh, a, using it as a bit of a performance management tool to getting uh, an, an evaluation and, uh, for our, of our suppliers from our internal customers, but also even more important, getting the voice of our suppliers uh, how we perform as a company, how, where we are good at it, where we are not so good at it, how can we improve in common projects, uh, how can we uh, further become more simpler in our administrative onboarding in the P2P process, but even more important, how we can further uh, collaborate better and even innovate better. And uh, this is an exciting project. So we are kicking off uh, actually, as I said, over the next two days, and I'm really looking forward to that one uh, to uh, to onboard the uh, Qualtrics uh, for suppliers here. Sounds like some great innovation, Nick. And I'll tell you, for my first conversation for 2021, um, I had a fantastic conversation with you. I want to thank you for sharing your story about your background, how you got started, and really how SAP is, you know, really eating their own medicine, you know, kind of what I said earlier, practicing what you preach, um, SAP using SAP. So thank you so much for joining us today. Really happy to have this conversation and really enjoy the time. Super. Thank you very much, Edge. I really enjoyed it, huh? Thank you so much.